Hey, this is Rob Harder with Making Your World Better, a nonprofit leadership show where real stories from real people who are coming up with real solutions to solve society's biggest challenges. What does it take to be an effective nonprofit leader today? How do people fundraise in an economy that is constantly in flux? How do you relate to board members in a way that inspires them to make a difference? What are the best practices that separate effective nonprofits from others? It is my hope that through these episodes, people can learn not only what it takes to be an effective nonprofit organization, but to hear real stories from real leaders who are successfully making a positive impact in their communities. We hope you enjoy this series as together we hear how they're making their world better. And today in the studio is Rita R. Wright, and she is the director of the Springfield Museum of Art. And today she's going to talk about the importance of trust. You know, nonprofits live or die on trust. If they don't have trust with the people that support them, they're not going to get any donations and, and financially they're going to fall apart, right? And if they don't have the community's trust, they probably the community's not going to rally around this nonprofit and get involved, whatever the nonprofit happens to be. Well, her nonprofit obviously is the Springfield Museum of Art. And what's unique about this is she's actually hired by the city, but she reports to the board of directors of this nonprofit. So she'll talk a little bit about our unique setup. But again, the bottom line is she's going to spell out for us practical ways as nonprofit leaders, how we can build trust with our donors, with our board, and with the cities and communities that we serve. Today we have Rita R. Wright. She is the director of the Springfield Museum of Art. It is so fun to have you. Uh, she's a friend of mine and we're on the board at the UNA together, but thanks for coming all the way up to Park City uh, to be on this podcast today. Thanks, Rob. It's a delight. Just to be up here is extra special. And it's a beautiful day. You came at a perfect yeah, time. I did. I hit it just right. <laughs> you really did. Well, this is fun because we want to talk about arts and the value of arts and particularly nonprofits as they um, support and promote and champion arts and culture uh, throughout our communities. So let me ask you the first question. Let's just dive right in in terms of what you do. For a long time, nonprofit organizations have promoted, they've championed, they've encouraged arts and culture throughout most communities in the U.S. In your opinion, why is it so important that nonprofit organizations specifically serve this role when it comes to the arts as a whole? I think nonprofit associations and and just entities have the opportunity to serve the public in unlimited ways. And in the arts especially, we see that they can become agents of change, they drive social awareness, they drive internal reflection. Arts are about the human experience and what it means to be human and to respond to others with that kind of charity and pathos and understanding. Excellent. And now there's been some major changes over the last few years, last couple decades, perhaps, you know, in terms of the funding of arts. We, you know, talk a lot on nonprofits, how it's difficult to fundraise, just period. Then right. when it comes to a, a nonprofit organization that's focused on the arts, it's my understanding that around the 1990s, most notably starting with the cut in funding for the National Endowment of Arts, um, my guess would be funding has been an issue for all nonprofits focused on arts and culture. For you, it, what is the biggest challenge facing your nonprofit specifically? Is it funding? I think it, it is funding, but I think that funding issue comes from a lack of understanding about what nonprofits do. There have been perceptions, misperceptions, about what nonprofits do. And so people tend to want to create this 
polarity between the arts organizations and those that are doing human services type things, um, humanitarian projects. And what we try to do is say that nonprofits look at charities, look at the whole person, that there are so many ways that you address an individual's needs. There are concerns about the physical needs, the daily needs of housing and you know shelter, food, clothing, that kind of thing. But there are those needs that serve the deeper human being, the soul of the person, the ideals, the hope. And that's where the arts come in and are so important to continue with. And that's a really good point because, you know, when it comes to your specific museum, um, talk a little bit about the unique role it plays. And then again, you know, is it significant that you're a nonprofit versus, say, a government organization that promotes the arts? Right. I've used, I've worked for larger corporations and institutions and bigger museums that are much more well-funded and secure funding. But our museum serves a real important purpose in not only our local community, but the whole Utah arts community. It's the oldest museum for the visual arts in the state of Utah. And our first collection pieces actually came from two artists in 1903. 1903, okay. So that's a long time. And then the community just rallied around it. The educators, the civic leaders, all decided that they wanted to create and support an organization that was not going to be just specifically beholden to any of those other institutions or individuals, but that could itself own and build the collection and then share that collection with the public. Fantastic. And I think most people would be surprised to know that you house over 2,500 works. Yeah. That's impressive. We actually, in the collection, we have close to 3,000 now, but we also have at any given time hundreds and hundreds of other works of Utah living, Utah artists. So we have this great combination of our historic past of artists that, as I said, started donating at the beginning of the 20th century, and then artists today. We're in negotiation right now to buy and also to have donated several incredible works of art by living, working, contemporary Utah artists. That's fantastic. You know, there's a fun connection that we were talking about earlier with the Christian Center of Park City. Susan, Susan and Jim Swartz, you know, the founders of the Christian Center, you house one of her pieces of work, and she also has a scholarship, sounds like. Talk about that a little yes, bit. Yes, she actually had a show at the museum years ago, and at that point developed a relationship and a concern that young people continue to study and make art. And so every year when we have our high school show, the Utah All-State High School Show, in uh, January, February, those are early spring months, we have a student that wins the Susan Schwartz scholarship. And so she is continuing to support our young people and encourage them in finding art, even not only as a profession, but as a way of life to to better understand themselves, dig deeper and to, to examine some of those important issues of life. Yeah, and you touched on a little bit. Talk a little bit more. Why do you think are art so important to the human soul? You talked about that. Why is it so important that we have arts and uh, particularly on the educational side, some of the things you do at the museum, you have all these educational opportunities for students and whatnot. So talk about that. I would love to hear your thoughts on those. I feel so strongly my background is as a museum educator before I became the director of the museum. And I'm very aware of not only the spiritual and ethical kinds of things that art does for a person, but there are psychological, physical things. We're finding that children, anyone of any age, they're even now doing some geriatric work with patients as arts therapy, that the production of art, the observation of art, 
really internalizes, does things in the neuroreceptors, does things physically to the heart rate. So there are all kinds of benefits of art, but I think the main thing and the reason that I want to share art with our community is because the way it ennobles the soul. It enriches a child, it enriches adult, and their understanding of their own and other human experience. Fantastic. And you know, there's obviously been a focus on education here in this state with STEM. And I know, I think they've called it STEAM now because they've yeah, added Yes, we're really encouraging STEAM, which adds arts in the middle That's what to I thought. science, okay. technology, uh, uh, engineering, and math. Right. Okay. So talk about why is it, uh, do you feel like we need to reemphasize that more in our educational uh, institutions or, or is this something that the nonprofit should be the primary uh, purveyor of this to the community? Well, definitely. We work very much with the state legislature. We get a large um, deal of money in Utah for arts, educations, performance type educating programs. But it's important that the educators understand that science, technology, math, engineering are all part of art and art is actually part of them. When our young people exercise, experiment with art, we find their creativity levels raise, rise in whatever discipline they pursue. We had um, a visit with Governor Herbert uh, the last couple of years with our high school award winners. And he's indicated to them that you will use your arts experience and enrich the community, whatever you decide to do for a career. And I found that to be, be true, that creative thought process, the, the critical thinking skills are important in those kinds of ways. However, our legislatures, our government um, entities are limited in what they can do for the arts. And so we find that personal donors, like you just mentioned, Susan Schwartz, we have a lot of wonderful donors at our museum who are interested in this development of the whole individual. Come to us, we go to them, and forming these kinds of partnerships that you can do through a nonprofit. You don't have the same restrictions. Of course, it's important, and one of my main messages always is to beginning nonprofits, startups kind of things, that you really have to know that there are rules and regulations. You want to be in compliance with those legal aspects, but otherwise you have limit, limitless possibilities of what you can do, who you can reach out to, the kinds of connections you can make. We can work with science foundations. We can work with other kinds of corporate sponsors and uh, bringing that whole community together through a nonprofit forum just enriches all. Well, and I'm glad you talked about that. You know, when it comes to the different roles of government and the private sector and the nonprofit sector, is there a model you can look to that where people are doing it right when it comes to art? Um, is there, how do we, in a perfect world, all work together to promote exactly what you're hoping to promote? I think it happens with a passion, a passion and caring for other people. And it doesn't matter if it's art, if it's a food pantry, if it's a boutique or a special center for special needs. It happens because people are really committed to putting that money back into the nonprofits. It's not just about shareholders and making that money a revenue generating process, but it's that that revenue, that money goes back into serving others. And you know, and as we serve on Utah nonprofits, uh, we have a great opportunity to serve as mentors. As I said, I had not worked in the nonprofit sector before, and it's been a real, uh, 
kind of immersion in a different kind of thinking. And when you do nonprofit work, you really go back to all the time what your mission is, who right. you care about, what you care about. And then it's a matter of, oh, I've got to figure out what forms I've got to fill out. I've got to know that I'm, I'm doing this the right way, that I'm making sure that I'm doing the paperwork. Because a lot of times in, and it's cliche and a little bit stereotypical, but in the nonprofits, people care deeply about issues and about arts and performance. And their primary concern has not generally been with those accountabilities in, in financial world. That's been a really fun thing for me to learn and to share with others that this doesn't have to be inhibiting. This can really open and enlarge the world opportunities that you have as a nonprofit. Well, I think you have a unique experience. You know, you've moved out, uh, or sorry, into the nonprofit sector. That's not something you've been in for years and years. So it sounds like some of the biggest challenges you've seen is just the change of perspective, perhaps, and how funding works. Uh, what other challenges have you run into? Uh, not just your role, maybe other people that are leaders of art-oriented uh, nonprofit um, organizations across the state, across the country. What have you found are consistent-themed challenges for nonprofit leaders like yourself? I think one is um, the ability to build trust, to build trust with your donors and within the community, because there have been some abuses in nonprofits, just as there have been uh, abuses in for-profit organizations. But I think those perceptions loom large and that people think we play around all day and we're just kind of little um, mystical, arts-loving, aesthetic-centered people. But the perception that we hope to encourage is that we're very involved. We uh, hired our, our secretary away from the mayor of Springville. She had wow. been his secretary and over HR at the, at the city. And of course, they're very involved in all of the city practices and that. And when she came to the museum, she had been there a number of times. She had come to see some of the art. She'd been to activities. But she said, I've never seen a harder group of working group of people that you're always, every minute, we're alert to possibilities, we're alert to potential donors, we're alert to how to best share and utilize those funds that are given to us with trust. So I think the trust factor is huge for nonprofits. I think to um, describing why we need a variety of nonprofits. That's a really important thing because we tend to get focused or we see the big charity drives on TV or that rock stars do or that different, some of the big organizations do. And I think it's important to remember that the little guys are trying to serve the community as well, sometimes with little niche areas that may not be as noticeable. Nonetheless, they are providing great service to individuals and families on that level. And that's where nonprofits can really come in. I just, I want to make yeah, a comment though. Um, I was in Seattle and went over to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Okay. And I was so moved that they had incorporated arts practice into what you generally think of these humanitarian type projects. But right, in right. the center itself, you were asked to engage or do an art project that represented that kind of need around the world. So they've incorporated arts into everything they do with their Absolutely. nonprofit support. Absolutely, and even we're starting to see, kind of as springboarding off of some of these humanitarian ones, 
People coming in and doing arts projects with kids. I love when I see reports of friends who are doing dance performance with kids in Africa or in other um, underserved communities in the United States or even in China that they're doing a cultural exchange to try to share culture as a basis for um, raising the standard of living in general. That's what the arts do, is they civilize us. They help us deal with one another in a charitable way in which we look into another person's heart and mind and soul and try to understand. Well said. Uh, thank you for sharing that. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And um, now talk about uh, Springville, very specifically, you have free admission. We do. So how do you cover your costs with free admission? Oh, believe me, that is such a challenge. We have other organizations saying, you know, you're um, kind of demeaning our organization that we have to charge. We only get away with that because we have a very supportive city council and a very supportive association, our nonprofit board, who want us to do whatever it takes to give this opportunity to our residents and community. And so does it mean we have to pinch and cut other places? Yeah, we could use the extra 100, 150,000 we could make a year by charging, but they feel like this has been so service and community-based. Uh, of course, we get a little bit of the tax dollars through Springville City for our facility, for some of our utilities. And so we want the people to recognize we are trying to give them a return on that investment. So it's challenging and the discussion comes up frequently. I'm sure it does, right? Every uh -huh. time, you know, we're told, okay, you need to cut another 60,000 or you need to raise this much. The easy answer is we need to charge. And that's been very successful. And I applaud some of our colleagues who have done that according to their need. Right now, our directive is to try to keep it free. Well, well done on that. And, you know, obviously you've done a good job working with the city very closely. You've built trust, like you were talking earlier, which is so critical for nonprofits. Um, talk about how do you do it practically? Like, what have you done to build trust? What are the specific things or you know, a couple of examples, perhaps, where you've been able to build that trust so that the city, the community comes alongside, supports you, comes to the museum itself? How have you built trust? Uh, there are a lot of ways we do it. I'm just thinking last Friday we had our yearly children's art festival and we think we served about 5,000 people out on wow, our lawn. That's a kids lot. Doing, that is a lot and it's grown over the years. Uh, it's just, you know, from a few little booths of kids drawing and coloring, we now had 16 booths, I think, of kids doing different art projects and they were able to enjoy the outdoors and kind of share with one another. So we've had to, through our programming, number one, build trust. We are an educational community-based institution. Then we work very hard. That, by the way, was supported by another nonprofit, by Kiwanis and by Springville City. And uh, that made it possible, you know, to be able to buy supplies, to get people to come there and share their talents with art making with kids. But then we've worked really hard to strengthen our relationship with our city leaders. I actually am employed by the city of Springville oh, as right? a director over the museum. Oh, so they employ you? Yes. Ah, so how does but that work? There yeah, are to... just four of us okay. that are employed by the city and then the nonprofit 
employs the rest. So I'm the executive director for the nonprofit, which Got also, it. of course, has a board right. uh, president. And that building that relationship and a memorandum of understanding between the nonprofit and the city has been crucial. Right. Because we find that in the past there have been power plays. And I think that getting a balance between responsibility, accountability. And so it's really fun that we get a chance to talk to both sides often. I will go tonight to the city council work study meeting to city council every week. So I learn about my community. I know about the Springville community as well as my own community in Holiday where I live. And so I think that willingness to give, to not dig in our heels and stand, say, you know, we're a nonprofit. We want you people to stay out of it. But to instead work at these coalitions, work at building productive and useful interactions. And so, yes, I get every opportunity to go visit with the mayor. We have a council member that serves on our board, actually two of them. And they get the vision of what we're doing. That's been really important. So you've been very intentional, sounds like, to build relationships, to get involved. And obviously your structure is a little bit different than a lot of nonprofit executive directors where you literally are employed by the city. But now do you report to the board of directors of the yes. nonprofit? Okay, yes. so they're your quote boss. So like the mayor will say, I mean, it's interesting all along because this is the way it had been set up for a while. But he said, you know, the board is there. That's who you support to. They, you know, are, are responsible in my yearly review, and they very much direct what kinds of programming they feel like is responsible to our community. Excellent. Well, good. Now, one last question, education. Uh, you mentioned that many times in the benefits educationally to uh, kids that have art as a part of their life. Um, you have a lot of different educational opportunities through your museum. Talk about that, of what you offer to the community, and again, why that is so important. Yeah, we have ongoing programs. We have a couple of employees that go out all week, all school year long to the classrooms. They take artwork, they talk about it, they make artwork with the kids. We have programming at the museum for all age levels, for all interest needs. Last year we did a great Cinco de Mayo and we had not had a lot of the Latino community members at the museum. With just a little bit of social media, we had 600 people come to share and our local, uh, we had you know things donated food-wise from our local Latino uh, eateries and things. That was really fun. We do ongoing uh, with our different collections. We have artist receptions where the kids come and meet the artists. And I think that's a really inspirational point for kids to see that people have pursued that dream. They've worked very hard. So we have some artist workshops where the kids actually see what they do. We have Wednesday night programming where we do special tours for youth to come in and connect with the art. It is all about making connections. I love that idea of connections and meaning making with the art. So you have a work of art, but you have an individual who comes with their own preferences, their own background, and you try to make meaningful connections between the two. Those can be life-changing aspects. I've seen little guys come in, preschool kids, who get the bigger meaning of a life after you share with them, after they express what they feel about a work of art. And sometimes it's stunning that you say art can really reach into the heart and soul of an individual in ways, unspeakable ways sometimes, that other mediums cannot. 
That's wonderful. Well, again, if they want to find out more information about your museum and about you, where do they go? www.smofa, as in Springville Museum of Art.org. Perfect. Rita, it's been so good having you on the show. Again, Rita R. Wright, the director of the Springville Museum of Art. Been a pleasure hearing more about your passion. It's very obvious. We're really glad that you're part of the nonprofit sector. Thanks, Thanks for being Rob. on the show today. Thank you. It's great.